The coronavirus changed a lot of things. For many, it also brought about an appreciation of things previously taken for granted, like the ability to hop on a plane and fly across the world to visit friends and family. But the pandemic isn't the only thing that stood in the way of powered flight. Even before the pioneers put their lives on the line with their first takeoffs, there were those who said it couldn't be done. And when it happened, there were those who wouldn't believe it had been done. This, then, is the story of a technology that started life in the realm of pure imagination, came about because of ingenuity and bravery, and eventually helped strengthen the human connection by making the world a smaller place. This is the story of flight. Opposed to innovation, the stories of technologies that change the world. Brought to you by BMW. The dream of flight started long before the Wright brothers found themselves on the windswept coast at Kitty Hawk. In fact, it started before Kitty Hawk even existed. From ancient Greece to Persia to India and even Ireland, the mythology of flight is a recurring theme in human history. But the first recorded successes in flight using aircraft we recognize as planes today came about in the 19th century when a German named Otto Lilienthal, regarded as the first true aviator, made over 2,000 flights in various craft he designed himself. A mining engineer by trade, Lilienthal used wind power, thermals and updrafts, jumping off buildings and running down ramps as his starting point. Dangling his legs from an A-frame glider to maintain stability, he flew up to 250 meters, and his achievements were so well documented that he became known as the Flying Man. Ultimately, though, his flying days ended when he lost control of his glider in a stall and fell 15 meters. He broke his neck on impact and died the next day. The story of powered flight started with the achievements of the Wright brothers. Originally, Wilbur and his younger brother Orville were an enterprising pair, having started a print shop while still in school, before opening their own newspaper. By 1893, they had settled on a bicycle business, building their own designs on the upper floor of a corner building, while repairing others on the lower. Their interest in flight began while Orville was recovering from typhoid fever. To help while away the time, Wilbur would read aloud to his bedridden brother about the exploits of the flying man. It awoke in both of them a deep interest in the possibility of human flight. Over the next few years, they delved into the mechanics of flight using all the resources they could find, including every paper the Smithsonian Institute had published on the subject. By 1900, they had developed a wind-powered kite and found a desolate stretch of land on which to test it. The settlement of Kitty Hawk offered good flying conditions, if nothing else. Accessible only by boat, the first crossing of 40 miles took two days thanks to severe storms. 
Once there, the brothers survived on a diet of not much more than eggs, tomatoes and coffee while perfecting their glider. By 1903, after over 1,000 test flights, they were ready to add the ingredient that would launch them and their aircraft into their history books. An engine. Built in their workshop by a hired hand, the design was a four-cylinder unit weighing just 69 kilograms and driving two propellers shaped by hand. On December the 17th, 1903, Orville took the controls of the Wright Flyer and made the first controlled, heavier-than-air flight. By the end of the day, the brothers had repeated the feat four times, with one attempt lasting just under a minute, covering 260 meters, further than the flying man ever managed. So, what was the world's reaction to the pioneering pair who, with no technical training, no experience and no funding, had realized the dream of millennia? Well, just about nothing. When they returned to their hometown of Dayton, Ohio, there was no fanfare and no ticker tape parade. The press stories ranged from minimal coverage to containing inaccurate information to, in the case of the Associated Press, a downright refusal to publish anything at all. Even Wilbur and Orville's acquaintances didn't discuss the flight with them. It was almost an embarrassment to talk about something that seemed so preposterous. Those that did talk about it firmly believed that the only reason the flights were possible, if indeed they even happened, was purely by chance, and that it would certainly never happen again. A neighbor of the Wrights apparently commented, I know you boys are truthful, and if you say you flew through the air in the machine, I believe you. But then, down there on the Carolina coast, you had special conditions to help you. Of course, you couldn't do it anywhere else. Another neighbor commented, people will fly at the same time they hit on perpetual motion. The early dismissal of the Wright brothers' achievement might be down to some prevailing opinions that human flight was just not possible, thanks to the published thoughts of some very learned people. One such person was Simon Newcomb, a Canadian-American astronomer and applied mathematician. As well as holding a BSc from Harvard, Newcomb was fluent in several languages, made important contributions in the field of timekeeping and statistics, but didn't believe humans could fly. He produced a paper that proved powered flight was not mathematically possible, just two months before the Wright brothers made it possible. Accompanying the paper were remarks suggesting that even if a man did fly, he wouldn't dare to stop. Once he slackens his speed, down he begins to fall. How shall he reach the ground without destroying his delicate machinery? I do not think that even the most imaginative inventor has yet to even put on paper a demonstrative, successful way of meeting this difficulty. Even one of the greatest inventors of the time, Alexander Graham Bell, who you can learn more about in episode one of this series, was skeptical. Four years and many more test flights after Kitty Hawk, he conceded that the Wright brothers had achieved powered flight but said the speed of 55 kilometers per hour in a test in 1907 was so dangerous that the airplane would remain impractical. Perhaps the most curious dismissal of the story of flight came from the U.S. government. In 1905, the Wrights approached the Army with a patriotic offer to sell them the rights and patents to their flying machine. The response they got wasn't what they had expected. 
a letter based on a standard template dismissing them out of hand. It was only after the U.S. Army found out that there was interest from the French government and because then-President Rissefeld had told them to investigate that they finally offered the brothers $25,000 in 1908. The general acceptance of human flight only began to take off in 1907 after a report published in the New York Herald spurred other newspapers to send reporters to investigate. With the Wright brothers having returned to Kitty Hawk to work on their new design in preparation for a demonstration for the U.S. Army, three reporters and a photographer hid in the bushes. Their goal was to either catch the brothers in flight or catch them out in what many believed was a lie. What they saw convinced them of the truth. The New York Herald's man, Byron R. Newton, wrote, There is no longer any grounds for questioning the performance of these men and their wonderful machine. Another reporter, Arthur Rule, wrote, The rumors are true that man could fly. But even the eyewitness accounts of trusted reporters were not enough for some, with a magazine editor at the time turning down the chance to run the story with the comment, While your manuscript has been read with much interest, it does not seem to qualify either as fact or fiction. It was only at public demonstrations of the technology that powered flight truly became accepted. In August 1908, at the Unodier Racecourse in France, Wilbur Wright flew solo and with passengers. A month later, over the course of three days in Fort Myer, Virginia, a modest crowd turned out to see Orville Wright pilot his flying machine and set three world records in the process, including the longest flight at 62 minutes. It had taken five years and they had faced a world of doubters, but the Wright brothers finally gained recognition for what would become a world-changing achievement. Their endeavors were perhaps best summed up by a headline in the Chicago Tribune, Wright by flight proves his might. The legacy of those ingenious brothers isn't just that we're able to travel further and more quickly than before. The aeroplane helped empower the global economy and gave rise to spaceflight, which in turn has given us satellite technology, GPS mapping, global connectivity and more. You may not be catching one anytime soon, but the aeroplane's influence on humanity can be felt every day. Through sheer perseverance, the Wright brothers and many inventors are proof that innovation is a constant, whether the world is ready for it or not. When it comes to electromobility, BMW has been leading the charge and has been ahead of its time for 10 years since the launch of the i3. BMW is now even further ahead with the all-new iX, iX3 and i4 arriving in 2022. Thanks for listening to this episode of Opposed to Innovation, brought to you by BMW South Africa. The series is available on cliffcentral.com and the Cliff Central app, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Opposed to Innovation is presented by me, Francisco Mwamba, and is written, recorded, and produced by Spike Valentine at Cliff Central.
Did you know that the decision about who would be the first brother to pilot the Wright Flyer came down to a coin toss? Wilbur won, but his first attempt was unsuccessful, which meant Orville was the one who got into the history books.